listening to Two Dogs, a Guy, and a Movie podcast. I am your host, Chris Hancock, and I am joined currently by my executive producer, Mosby, here in the office behind me. Luna is roaming the house at the moment. Uh, They are both uh, adopted from Greater Birmingham Humane Society. They both want me to remind you that it's always better to adopt than shop. Because adopted dogs, they're just kind of the best. So what we do here on this podcast is we give you a breakdown of a recent movie. Uh, Sometimes we're going to do old movies. Just kind of depends on if we get any suggestions or if I just see a movie on that I really want to watch while I'm at home. And I just want to give you an honest breakdown, an honest review, and either encourage you to go see it or help you to avoid it if it's just a terrible movie but really you're going to be able to make your own opinion i'm just going to try and help you along the way so stay tuned and we'll see what we can get figured out for you The movie we're going to discuss today is A Quiet Place. It is directed by John Krasinski, and it also stars John Krasinski. He plays a character named Lee Abbott. He is joined by his wife on set for the first time ever uh, as co-stars. Her name, Emily Blunt. She plays Evelyn Abbott. Melissa Simmons, she plays their daughter, Reagan Abbott, who is deaf and Melissa is actually deaf in real life. She um, had an overdose when she was an infant that caused her to have hearing loss, so she is actually deaf and plays a deaf girl in this movie. Uh, Noah Jupe plays Marcus Abbott, and uh, Cade Woodward plays Bo Abbott. Now, I gave you the names of the characters, but they are actually not mentioned throughout the entire movie. The only way you know their names is by the cast list at the end of the movie, uh, with the exception of Bo. His name actually appears in his room at one point during the movie. Now, the the runtime of the movie is 90 minutes, uh, and it's a pretty good runtime for this movie. Uh, The lack of dialogue makes you have to stay pretty intently focused on what's going on with all the visuals and everything on screen. So for a background on this story, uh, it's a, a movie about these creatures that can sense sound. And if you make a sound that is louder than something else they can hear, they will find you and they will kill you. And we find that out very early on in the movie uh, as it opens with the family uh, trying to secure some medicine for Marcus. And they are walking on paths of sand and obviously tiptoeing around. Nobody's wearing shoes. They're trying to be as quiet as possible. Uh, But when you have uh, little boys, sometimes they, uh, you know, get into mischief, and that's what happens with Bo. He finds a rocket ship toy that he wants, and as he's trying to get it, he knocks it off the shelf. But luckily, Reagan is able to catch it before it falls. But Lee sees this happen, and he takes the toy and takes the batteries out and explains to Bo that he can't have the toy. Now, he explains this with sign language, which is their primary mode of communication 
obviously having a deaf daughter has helped them uh, immensely to, to already know sign language when this whole creature episode began. They use sign language to explain things, so Lee explains this to Bo that it's too loud a toy, he can't have it, and they start to leave the store. And as they do, in a very foreshadowing way, uh, Reagan gives the rocket ship back to Bo just without the batteries in it. But again, little boys like to get into mischief, and it shows Bo grabbing the batteries as he is the last to leave the store. And so a few minutes later, you get to see just what the monsters are capable of when he puts the batteries back in the rocket ship, and that's that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote for Bo. He's not in the movie very long. R.I.P. Bo, uh, but y- y- you shouldn't have played with the rocket ship. The the other interesting thing about uh, their the characters' names is that their last name is Abbott, and in Catholicism, Abbott is the leader of a monastery, which usually uh, they uh, perform everything in silence or with limited communication and do things like grow their own food and, and things like that, which is exactly what this family is doing in the movie. So after Bo dies, they skip about a year into the future. And when they skip into the future, uh, you notice that Emily Blunt is pregnant, which the first reaction I had when I saw that was, oh crap, how are you going to keep a baby silent when there are monsters running around looking to kill you if you even like catch a case of the hiccups? You, you like, y'all didn't, y'all didn't have condoms? Like, I mean, I understand. Never mind. Anyway, so they uh, they show that she's pregnant, so you can already start to see how that's going to be a problem, but they show what it takes to live this life and how they have to put out sand, walkways to get around the farm to different crops and things like that. So that's what they do for a little while is they just kind of show you what life is like on their homestead. They do another jump forward so it's closer to the delivery date. There's a scene between Lee and Reagan where it shows that he's tried to fix her hearing aid uh, down in his office that they have showed you where he's got all these newspaper clippings trying to figure out what's going on with the monsters and these different parts for hearing aids and things like that and their relationship is a bit strained because uh, she believes that Lee blames her a little bit for Bo dying since she gave him the rocket ship back so there's a little bit of a strained relationship there so then Lee takes Marcus kind of to show him how to gather food and some different aspects of what it's like to take care of the family just in case he ever needs to type deal and there's a scene where Lee is explaining to Marcus how the river allows them to get away with a little bit more sound because it's so loud that the monsters can't hear them over the rushing water and that kind of plays out in a you know pretty interesting way you know father-son bonding type deal and while they're doing all of this obviously they're showing you what's going on at the homestead 
between Evelyn and Reagan and things that are going on while Lee and Marcus are off doing their own thing. And as a result of the scene earlier, Reagan is upset and she leaves home to go see the grave marker for Bo. And that, you know, is a heart heartwarming or wrenching or it's a, it's a touching moment. And so while all of this is going on, Evelyn actually goes into early labor. So things get real fun. So that plays out uh, for uh, a little bit while everybody else is gone. So she's at home alone fighting off labor. There's a nail that she steps on. It's foreshadowed, so you know it's coming. She's got to avoid a monster while trying to give birth, and it's just, whoo, whoo, it's, it's intense, uh, and there's obviously very little uh, noise uh, from, from her during the part, and so it's just, it's, it's pretty intense, and so the movie continues to kind of build an intensity from that moment on because the stakes are much higher at this point and the uh, volatility of the situation is much higher at this point as well not that it was very calm to begin with since you had monsters running around that can kill you and eat you but now it's even more so again since it's a quiet movie there's not a whole lot of dialogue there's not a whole lot more to break down especially without kind of giving away some some spoilers uh, of how the movie really ends and plays out so I'll, I'll leave it there and then I'll get down into what I really thought about the movie here in just a second my thoughts on the movie Emily Blunt is an absolute badass in this movie absolute badass to be pregnant and in labor step on a nail have to avoid a, a monster and then give birth almost silently we'll give her a pass I mean, and then she ends up wielding a shotgun at one point to try and protect her family. Emily Blunt is an absolute badass in this movie. 100% badass in this movie. It's not like it's some action-filled movie. She's not doing any crazy stunts or anything like that. She's just purely a badass from what she is enduring, what she's going through. So she does a fantastic job in this movie. Uh, props to John Krasinski on his role in this movie. He does a really good job in his role as Lee, uh, kind of expressing how difficult it is to to be the father in this situation, to take care of of, of things around the house and around the property uh, in, in silence and, and protect his family while also trying to figure out what the hell is going on and what he can do to fix it. 
Also, anytime you can direct and star in the same movie, props to you, especially when it gets to be a case where you can star alongside your wife, Emily Blunt, who is extremely talented. And it's for it to be the first time that they are on screen as co-stars is actually, you know, pretty remarkable as well. The kids in this movie, Noah Jupe and Melissa Simmons, did a fantastic job. Melissa Simmons especially, uh, I thought, did a really good job, was able to bring out emotion a lot in a movie where there's very little dialogue. The original script actually only had one line of dialogue written into it. Uh, Probably only ended up being about 16 lines of dialogue in the entire movie. Uh, They originally weren't going to subtitle any of the sign language, but because of a very in-depth conversation between uh, Reagan and Lee, they ended up deciding they were going to subtitle the sign language. I felt like that was a good uh, decision. They were hoping that just the the visualization and the, the context of the scenes would be able to let you know what they were saying through sign language. Uh, but they decided after viewing the scene between Lee and Reagan that they needed to add in some subtitles because that was more in-depth of a conversation. There was more going on, and I do believe that that played out in a very strong way, especially later on in the movie, where if you hadn't have had the subtitles, it probably would have been too much for you to understand, but you you would have been able to realize what they were saying, but it was better that they went with the subtitles. Also, they don't use subtitles so much that you feel like you're reading a movie. It's just when it's necessary, so by no means get discouraged by the fact that I'm talking about there there are subtitles in the movie. It's just when it's very important to do so. Uh, The only thing I really didn't like about the movie was the visual representation of the monsters. I thought it was way over the top. kind of looked like a Demogorgon from Stranger Things, but on Praying Mantis legs. I felt like the scary part of the monster had to do very little with what it looked like. It was the fact that if you snored in your sleep or if you sneezed or if a kid started crying, that could be the end of you. That's that's the scary thing about the monsters. They they could have looked like little little trolls and still have been terrifying because anything that you did could have possibly been the last thing that you did because if you stepped on a twig or if you, you know, coughed or passed gas or anything, you could you could be dead just like just like that, just like Bo playing with the damn rocket ship, that stupid little kid. Anyway, out of uh, five stars, I'd probably give it four stars. Uh, It was a really enjoyable movie. If it had been two hours long, I probably would have been pulling my hair out, uh, ready for it to be over. Uh, But I felt like 90 minutes was about the right time frame for this movie. It gave enough time to set set up the events for later on in the movie. It, It did a really good job of building how intense the movie was. Uh, because again, just everyday life at any point, think about how much noise you make and how easy it would be to be killed by a monster. Uh, this podcast would definitely only be a guy and a movie podcast because there's no way that my two dogs could be silent enough to avoid a praying mantis demogorgon. That's not that's not a thing. 
there's there's no there's no way that could happen. Uh, pets would pretty much not be a possibility in this world. I guess you could get a snake or a tarantula or something like that, but you're going to be straight out of luck when it comes to having a dog or a cat, you know, anything that possibly could make noise that meows or barks. That's that's off the table. You you can't have those animals in this world. Uh, so luckily luckily they at least had a family because if they wanted a pet not not gonna happen um, again I do I do think this is an enjoyable movie it's worth a watch by all means uh, especially if you can make sure that your environment is pretty quiet so you can really enjoy how little sound aside from the score of the movie uh, there is I mean it is a an intense movie if you can get into a zone where you can appreciate what they're doing with the visuals. The next movie I'm going to review is going to be Ready Player One. Uh, podcast is going to be a little bit longer than this one because I will also be tying in a little bit of a book review. Uh, Ready Player One obviously is an adaptation of a novel by Ernest Cline, and I am a big fan of the book, the audiobook uh, read by Will Wheaton. I will strongly recommend to anybody that is into audiobooks. It's a very interesting and enjoyable listen, and also the book is just fantastic. So I will be reviewing Ready Player One on my next episode, so please join us for that. Again, as always, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and please feel free to join us on our next episode. As always, any questions, comments, criticisms, feel free to send those to me at twodogsaguy at gmail.com, and I'll make sure to take a look at those. This is Two Dogs, a Guy, and a Movie Podcast. I'm Chris Hancock, and thanks again for your time.